Welcome to another edition of Practical Reliability, insights on the practical implementation of holistic reliability, brought to you by Reliability X, the DNA of success. I'm George Williams, and with me is Joe Anderson. And today, Joe, we are going to discuss, what the heck are we discussing? We're actually going to walk through a day in the life of the planner. Yeah, sounds exciting. You know, well, maybe not, but (laughs) if you're a planner, maybe, hopefully you're either a planner or managing a planner or trying to learn about planning and scheduling. Uh, And so, you know, a day in the life is uh, maybe a warranted discussion topic. Yeah, for sure. All right, so uh, so you're a planner. You you know you just woke up in the morning. You're you know grumpy and miserable. You haven't had your coffee. What what's you know what? If you're a typical planner, you know you're aggravated because you got yelled at yesterday about the work that getting that didn't get done. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so you know you planning is not the easiest job. Let me tell you, I've done it. It is it is. Um, You've got to be thick-skinned. It's it's not a glorious activity. So, no. <clears throat> so well, the first thing is um, one. Normally, I make sure the planner is there before the day shift crew comes in. That's uh, so the way I normally like to see it. Um, there's a few reasons for that, but one is looking at all the work orders that came in overnight, right and. I'm getting all that squared away. Plus, when as when as a maintenance manager, as I come in, I'm going to my planner for my information to understand how the night went and all that stuff before I go and make my rounds and talk to everybody else, because um, it prepares me for the eight o'clock meeting where I go in and get blamed for everything. So I have to <laughs> have to have my ducks in a row um, for sure. So I like to see that. Um, I like to see how the night went, what work was planned, what work got completed, those types of things. Um, and so I expect them to have that done by the time I come in um, and normally do that. Um, also, if it's emer- not emergency, but urgent work that has to be cut into the schedule, you know, they've got to get man hours on it. They've got to find parts and do all the things that they need to do to prep that work to be ready to go. So, it's better if they come in early and get that stuff knocked out right away so that they can continue their function throughout the day. Yeah, I think if if uh, if if the space is available for them to knock those things out before everybody comes in on board, I'm, I'm, I'm all on board on that. I guess uh, a general rule of thumb, I'd like the planner to be focusing on future work. Of course. Um, but size of organization, uh, complexity of the business, number of planners you have, a lot of things impact that. And yeah. so, we, you know, we live in a reality world of, of what we need. And I think a, a good point you bring up is you're not looking at the supervisor and asking the supervisor questions before your 8 o'clock meeting. And maybe you are, but but you specifically call out the planner in that scenario. And I think, it, you know, one of, the, one of the things we should talk about is that the planner is really the stepping stone to the maintenance management role in my opinion and not necessarily the supervisor well the way that i've always seen it i haven't seen it implemented outside of myself but the way that i see it is that the planner is more of a foreman and the supervisor sit underneath him i agree 
So I'm going to them. I go to the supervisor if questions come up from things that were supposed to get done last night. I'm going straight to the supervisor, but I don't know what those things are until I talk with my planner. Um, so, and then, you know, in some instances, uh, they're both. So it just depends on, on the organization. No, but I agree. I think that the, the stepping stone, you know, it used to be that the stepping stone was the supervisor role. Mm-hmm. I believe that the planner role has, has become the stepping stone to the maintenance manager. Role. I agree. <clears throat> All right. Great. Awesome. So, um, planner gets to be the maintenance manager. Uh, <laughs> so, so <laughs> Which had nothing to do with day in life, but it was a good discussion topic. So from a day in life perspective, planner shows up nice and early. What do they do? Um, you know, check Facebook, check the Twitter account, take a look at LinkedIn, see what new YouTube videos are up. Oh, yeah. Um, what well, after uh, they've looked at the work orders um, and done all that stuff, and then if there's any field activities that are required based on those work orders, all that stuff's knocked out. Um, the next thing is... is I normally have them start their field inspections. So we would create a kit for the, like a little toolkit for the planner, tape measure, flashlight, you know, those types of things. So as they're developing the job plans and doing those types of things, working with maintenance guys, um, they spend a lot of time out in the field doing field inspections. Is it a new conduit uh, that needs to be ran? What are the requirements there? You know, those types of things. So um, we have them spend a lot of time in the field doing his field inspection work after he gets that completed. So when you say field inspections, you're talking about specifically for planning jobs that exist in yes. the backlog, right? So yes. you don't mean random inspections? No, no, sure no, they, no. Right, right. So, no. <clears throat> so walk the field for yeah. the jobs that required him to walk down. Yeah, most organizations – I haven't been in an organization that has a job plan library that they didn't need to do that, right? We weren't at that point where we had every job right, possible right. Here. So they spent their time out in the field uh, working on job plans. Yeah. All right. So planner comes in. Uh, they look at the inbox immediately, right? And they do yep. some triage. Some things they're going to cancel because they're duplicates, maybe. Some things they're going to move on to work orders. Some things they can do a really quick job plan that's really simple work. We've done it a thousand times. I know exactly what this is. Move yep. it along to scheduling. And then essentially they, they end up with the remainder of this bucket that's either from yesterday or the day before and they haven't gotten to walk it down yet or it's from, from last night or today and, and they're going to walk it down. How important is the organization of all that for a planner? It's really important. you got to stay on top of those things. It's, uh, it's really easy to become chaotic. I mean, it happens really fast. One person says something to you um, to throw you off your game, and now you're distracted down a rabbit hole for the next hour and a half, uh, not understanding what your priorities are, how to organize those things, and how to be efficient at what you do, managing your time effectively. Um, so you got to be very cognizant of all the things that are going on around you. Um, and what ends up happening a lot of times is your maintenance planner is your subject matter expert on a lot of things. And so they get tied up talking to people when they shouldn't be. Um, so you really have to shield them from that. Um, but staying organized uh, is definitely the key. It makes you more effective. 
Should yeah. should the planner use uh, their calendar app, uh, you know, to book the, specific times for things to make yeah, sure that the, they're working it, in the right areas? Well, what I normally do is through their development plan is we set all that up anyway on their calendar. Um, normally we use an Outlook. Um, so their Outlook calendar, they're setting time aside to do these things. So they come in the morning, the first hour and a half of the day is just going over uh, last night's work, what got completed, new work orders, that type of stuff. Um, preparing, I'd always have them prepare me, right, uh, for the meeting when I came in so that we could sit and talk through some things. And from there, it's go out to the field. And I'd have them, it, it depend on the day because of the time slots, but for four hours, I'd have them spending in the field developing job plans. What I wanted is to get this library built. And that's their priority. They should be focusing on job plans, not out, um, you know, turning wrenches or doing, doing other stuff. Um, so, so I'm normally a, a theory why kind of guy. Mm -hmm. I think early in, and, and for those that aren't really familiar, there's a whole theory X versus theory Y in terms of managing people perspective, right? And theory X is more rigid and more um, results oriented and more... Uh, uh, or more structured, I would say, in terms of your management style and how you hold people accountable. And theory why is a more organic and kind of relationship type of type of management style. But for planners, I'm outright theory X. Yeah, you, you, like, you have to be because of how until until you get to a certain point to where you can trust that what they're doing is good and they've got it taken care of until you, you really develop that knowledge and that culture, the way of thinking you have to be an ex. And I think, you know, even beyond the, 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 just the trust piece of it, it's so simple for that position to become chaotic yeah. that you have to have structure around it. Yep. And so, from my perspective, measuring their daily activity, and which is why we're having this whole day in the life conversation, it is amazingly critical. Mm -hmm. You're taking folks that typically were mechanics, they like being out in the field, and they end up in this planner role. And so they're used to every day is different, and I want to walk away from my job and feel like I made an impact. And they're going into a completely mundane, every day is the same kind of activity. Almost, yeah. You know, the job is different, but I still have to write a job plan. I still got to order parts. I still got to get my plans together. I still mm -hmm. got to go get permits. I still, Like, it's the same work every day. I got to work on a computer. I got to, you know what I mean? It, it's, it becomes much more monotonous than, you know, what they did in the field where they had a little bit more creative freedom of how it worked. And they have a little bit more uh, sense of accomplishment when the job is done. Well, it depends on their thinking, right? It depends on how you're training them. Cause right. their impact on your organization is greater than any other position there is, you know. So it kind of depends on, uh, you know, the mundane work is true, but every one of us like maintenance because no matter what position you're in, every day is a little different. Um, that's why we don't sit and work in operations where we're just putting stuff in a box or, put, you know. Um, but if your thinking is right and understanding that the more, uh, procedural based I get on executing, uh, this work and, and creating these task lists and creating basically standard work and getting everybody to execute at that level, um, 
the more you're going to see your your downtime is going to go down and less defects that you introduce into the system. Um, so it kind of depends on, you know, where they're at as well. No, I agree. I, I Again, I, I guess back to the point is uh, Theory X, very rigid schedule, very controlled environment for the planner so that they can actually be effective inside that environment. Right. Anything outside of that, structure really distracts from what it is they need to do every day it it distracts from the maintenance manager's uh understanding of what's happening because the communication piece could drop and fall off Uh, and again you you easily go into an out of controlled state and a chaotic state if you're not theory x uh on the planning side right and again it's um you know, it's not typically my approach. And I actually, early in my career, I was very Theory X. Uh, and and I've, I've kind of shifted in a lot of cases, but not in the planner position. Yep. So from the walk downs, you're going to create a list of parts that are needed. So the next thing is working with the storeroom to set up all of that stuff for your parts getting and all that type of stuff um, to get things on order. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave the kidding alone, but basically you have a, you're going to have a list of parts and things that you got to get. Um, and then it's your permits, those types of things, maybe working with safety. You'll have a list of questions because some jobs you haven't, you know, maybe the JSA is outdated or you don't understand what the needs are or whatever. And most facilities I've been in, we don't even know what a JSA is. So you're going, you're going to, uh, uh, you're going to the safety department and letting them make the call on what is needed, and then you you've got to apply that to your package. But um, but basically, all that's in that same amount of time as you're doing your inspections, getting with the storeroom, getting with uh, the people that are affected to get drawings and 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 uh, permits and all that type of stuff. Basically, that whole time spent creating packages. And then from there, um. It kind of varies because sometimes you'll have meetings and stuff in the late afternoon into the or late morning, early afternoon. Uh, that time varies a lot, um, but normally it's more of a meeting. Um, to it's either a backlog meeting, right, or uh, your planning meeting with whoever you're, you're meeting with. Um, those types of things. Uh, maybe it's even an efficiency meeting we would have every now and then to look at field inspection routes, right? How can I improve as a planner, become more efficient with my time? Where I was walking over here, then I had to go over here, you know, those types of things. So um, we did some of that as well. I'm a big proponent of that. I think we tried to we tried to keep the field walk downs um, minimized and group together. So if you're going to a specific area, um, and, and again, so let me preface this. It really depends on how, how important the work was. Right. If the work, you know, if it's a vibration report that can wait six months, then you wait till another job is asking you to go out to that area right. to, to walk it down. If it's yep. a job that somebody says, hey, I need this done in a week and a half, two weeks, you don't have a choice. You go walk it down, right? Mm-hmm. But then you go look at the other things that you had set aside and, and kind of group them together. So you, you want to be as efficient as you can as a planner when you're doing those field walk downs. Yep. I think the other thing that I try to add is 
after you've done them and you come back to your desk and you are creating the plans and you're putting together your list of materials, at that point, my expectation is you're also spending time making sure it's on the bill of material list. And if it's not, adding it. Yeah. And if the job plan doesn't exist in the library, adding it to the job plan library. Yeah. So, you know, as much as we can, and I we've said this in previous podcasts but uh, or previous episodes of, of Practical Reliability, but if if you can get a golden work package, do it. I'd rather see five work orders get put out in the field the same way you were doing them 10 years ago yep. than, than see all of them only done 50%. Because the efficiency gain in the field at the technician is in traveling back and forth to the storeroom. Yep. If you can create the efficient work package that's going to give them all the things they need to get done once they get out in the field, once, then that's better than 10 jobs that are halfway done. So. Uh, I'd much rather see a focus on an individualized work package and, and completion. So once once they get done the, the field walk, once they get done the, the all the other things up till that point, uh, I kind of like to have them set aside at least some kind of time, either daily or weekly, uh, to focus on the bill material list, to focus on the job plan library piece. That's what I, <clears throat> what I would say is your field inspection – it's for me what I would require is two parts, right? Your first part in the morning is you're walking the stuff down, creating your list, working with uh, your storeroom, working with safety, quality, whoever for the permitting. Then you go to lunch, and after lunch, you're back on your job plans and you're working more towards those types of things, you know, getting the drawings. And developing your, your drawing library, putting the BOMs and getting all that type of stuff. It takes forever to try to research parts and figure out what you need, especially if you don't have the BOMs, which most organizations don't have a full BOM. And so a lot of time is spent researching parts. Is this the right part? Is it, you know? And, uh, and so once we can capture that data, it needs to be entered in the BOM. Um, so pretty much their afternoon is spent doing that, um, until they go maybe to another meeting or whatever. I've been really spoiled. <laughs> I've been really spoiled in my career. We, you and I talk about this personally yeah. a lot and, uh, you know, uh, at, at the organization I was at previously, they even had classification attributes for locations. So we knew paint colors and, um, you know, even like uh, urinal types and flushometer types, like all, all that stuff is in the system. Yeah, so I've as never, a planner. Never had that privilege. <laughs> We're lucky to have the bearings for <laughs> one piece of equipment in the system. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we had, you know, and not certainly not across the board, but certainly, you know, bearings for major equipment is sitting inside the system. And, and not only that you have two bearings, but which one of them is the inboard and which one is the outboard, you know, right. and sitting inside the classification attributes or the spare parts list, you know, yeah. depending on, on what you're looking at. Yeah, I've never been that privileged. So, I mean, the, <laughs> the amount of, mess. but I, I guess the point is in the day in the life of the planner, if you are not setting aside the time to build those things, you will, you will not gain any future efficiency. Mm-hmm. And your goal is to create that future efficiency, right? So, so to create the job plan library, to add your bill of materials, to add your classification attributes uh, for both equipment and locations, 
you know, the ideal state of the planner is to be able to just recall, see the work order, recall the job plan from the library, recall, you know, exactly what needs to happen uh, and what parts are necessary and get the work order out into the field, right? Yep. Uh, the planner, you know, at 20 years after he's sitting at a site, shouldn't necessarily be leaving his chair very often. No, I agree. I mean, you should have a very mature system at that point, a well-oiled machine. But how do you, you work, get there? But I mean, you the reality your butt is, off to get there. So but the reality can. is, how do you get there, right? right. The reality is, I, the reality is this. The reality is I've got 40 technicians, not 15, and I'm right. one planner. Mm-hmm. So I can't possibly be effective at the planning function. Right. So how am I going to do any of that and, and then on the side of that build this whole library of information? And the, the advice that I usually give is, again, you've been sending out, not you personally as an as a individualized planner, but your organization has been sending out work orders that don't fit the bill for a very long time. Right. Take one and get it right. Right. And get those parts on the BOM and get the job plan in the library and let the other ones fall to the side. You know, you're juggling, right? You're juggling, mm-hmm. but you just got to let a couple balls drop. Look, when when you're, you have no job plans, it takes 10 minutes of plan work. To throw a plan together and go, okay, we need to do all this work. Because you're not kidding. You're not doing anything. Right. That's 10 minutes to plan for a whole week. All you got to do is say, okay, this guy's doing that. This guy's doing that. This guy's doing that. And you're done. If there's no plans. Yeah, yeah, Right. And so you have plenty of time to plan. The problem is, is we have a perceived obstacle in our head thinking that I got to do all this work because I got to do all. It's like, no, no, no. You're trying to eat the whole elephant. Right. It's not an all or nothing scenario. And that's that's what I try to project. It's not an all or nothing scenario. Make the one in front of you perfect and let the others go by. Yeah. And then, say, late afternoon, you're checking emails, uh, returning phone calls, probably from vendors and stuff because you're looking for parts. So set aside some time to do that as well. Um, Some organizations have a daily scheduling meeting. I'm not necessarily a fan of that, but I've seen it. To me, if you planned and scheduled your work seven days in advance, you shouldn't need another meeting. Yep. Um, unless something comes up that's major, but I still need my planner in there. And I think, you know, what part of some organizations have what they call a planning meeting. Mm-hmm. I was never, uh, I think that's different than a scheduling meeting. When we it get should to the, be. When we get to the scheduling piece, I think we'll, we'll talk a lot to about me, that. To me, the planning meeting is where we're focused on the planner. We're focused on the planner, right? And those are the things like the field inspection routes and those types of things. We're planning for the planner. They need to plan right. too. they got to plan And I day. think that gotta... the planning meeting should be focused on the work that I'm putting in that really can't wait two weeks. Yeah, unless it's a backlog meeting or something like yeah. that. I, I mean, it's go... not an emergency. Yeah. It's not urgent. It's not a priority. But it really can't wait two whole weeks, yeah. right? So the planning meeting is really, look, you I know I know you have a backlog of stuff to get to. Mm-hmm. But if you could start organizing this one, it would really help us, right? right? Well, that's the first 10 minutes of the meeting with uh, the decision makers in the room that are needed. And at that point, you get rid of most of them outside of maybe a maintenance manager, maintenance supervisor. So they're working with you to improve uh, your daily job function. You're planning your day as a planner so you can plan other people's day. Right. Uh, you know, and that, you know, it's a funny point because if any role, and that's why I'm a theory X guy on the planner, 
if you can't plan your day, the rest of us are screwed. Yeah. <laughs> you're the planner. <laughs> yeah. And then I would say at the end of the day, you're going to take a quick review at maybe uh, the whole backlog just to make sure, you know, everything's in order. All your statuses are correct. All, all those types of things. Because throughout the day, uh, your storeroom could be sending back parts are available now for your ready backlog, those types of things. So, yeah, um, just spend the last little section of your day cleaning all that up before you before you go home. Awesome. So I, I think we've covered an awful lot of what the planner does on a daily uh, basis. Certainly, it's not all inclusive. Certainly, it is um, contingent upon organizational size and what the planner's other responsibilities may be if it's a small organization. Uh, so take it with a grain of salt, but this is a, a day in the life of a planner. For Joe Anderson, I'm George Williams, and don't forget to make tomorrow better than today. Have a great day. For questions on this or any other topics, email us at ask at reliabilityx.com. This has been another episode of Practical Reliability brought to you by Reliability X, the DNA of success.